Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, today, of course, it's a Tuesday, and nothing is better on a Tuesday than laying down in the heat, of course, in the air conditioning, with your best buddy who came from a rescuer shelter. And that's what I'm doing right here at the studio. I am just laying here with a bunch of dogs. And what's great about lying with a bunch of dogs is that you don't get up with fleas in my house. You get up with a lot of love and a big smile. So what we want to do is salute to all rescue dogs and all dogs in general because dogs definitely make our lives better. Well, one of the most important things, because now, of course, we've got some heat coming on again in uh, in the northeast. We've got 90 degrees. And, again, remember, just because when you put the dog in the car in the morning, it might be 70 degrees, but by the time you, you know, get back to that car at, you know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, the heat could have already risen over 30 degrees, sometimes even more than that. Now, I was just down in Atlanta, Georgia, and remarkably, it was 72 when I left. It was like 90-something here in the Northeast when I got back into New Jersey. And what I think is a very important piece of that is realizing that you have to pack sometimes, especially when we'll be getting into uh, people who are traveling with their dogs. Make sure that your dog has access, of course, always to fresh, clean, cool water, and make sure also that you pack enough of the things that your dog needs in order to have a happy, healthy life. Now, uh, one of the things I've I've heard recently, I was down at this great convention uh, for fire chiefs and and, uh, department heads, and uh, the nice thing is that they are coming out with some electrolyte drinks for dogs. Um, I've always been one to add a little bit of um, a child's refreshing drink not anything with coloring or anything like that, but actually uh, something that has some electrolytes. And I'm a big fan and user of uh, a vitamin supplement called NuVet, N-U-V-E-T, NuVet.com. Um, I double those up for my dogs in the, uh, in the summer months or when the dogs get a little bit older because sometimes we don't realize all of the things that burn off in a dog. Now, we sweat, or ladies, we perspire, but dogs really don't have a way of getting rid of all that excess heat in their bodies, and that's why it's so important, not only with a child uh, in somebody's car, but in, with a dog in somebody's car, even if you leave the, the windows cracked down a little bit and you leave them with water, still the temperature can rise so fast and just so intensely sometimes that you can really have... Your dog, even if your dog doesn't pass away from it, the dog can be permanently scarred, especially an older dog. Really in, the, in the, this kind of weather um, or even when, you know, the, it's, it's summery enough that you can get away with a short sleeve shirt um, or even a long sleeve lightweight shirt, that kind of 65 and up weather, you really want to be careful. And it doesn't have to always be in direct sunlight because sometimes, if it's hot pavement that the car is on, you know, and the dog is inside and panting, I've seen that actually happen where 
people were, um, you know, coming back to cars at, at dog shows and so on. And the dogs were just about passed out because even though it was only 70 or 80 out and it was overcast, uh, you know, still sometimes that heat can really build up. Just the heat from the dogs themselves that are in the car can heat up a car. I'm sure everybody who has a dog or they take with them has seen in the past times where you have gone back into the car in the winter and all your windows are fogged up. There's a lot of heat, and that's in the winter. There's a lot of heat that's put out by dogs, um, just their body, while they are trying to uh, pant and try to get rid of that extra heat. So it's super important to always make sure that if you do have your dog with you, you have some way of making sure that that dog is not going to be panting um, excessively. Um, older dogs, you can actually stress their bodies. That's why I use the new vet, uh, N-U-V-E-T dot com, um, and I get it, uh, I, well, I get it on auto ship. I get like 24 bottles every five or six weeks because I have a lot of dogs. Um, you can use order code 40560 which is our rescue code, um, and then you can get it 15% off if you order on auto ship, which is certainly what I need to do with all the dogs I've got. But the reason that I double them up in this kind of weather is anytime there's a stressor on your dog, whether it's uh, you being ill and the dog is getting stressed or a dog with separation anxiety, or perhaps even a dog who is getting a little bit older and He's just kind of becoming a little bit more tense or nervous. He can't make it up the stairs quite as much. That's a dog who's under some stress. And we want to just make sure that we give the dog everything he's going to need in order to prevent him from having that kind of stress and strain on his body. Just remember, your dog is going to go anywhere with you. He loves you, even when your ex-wife hates you. Your dog is going to love you. Even when your kids are making your hair turn even grayer, your dog is still going to be there. He's still going to love you. So make sure you take good care of your dog and, uh, you know, do the right thing. Best thing is, really, in this kind of weather, don't bring your dog unless you're going to be able to take him immediately into uh, wherever you need to go. Um, We were talking about having a product that perhaps is a fan or a little uh, portable air conditioning unit that would work um, even when the car is off. But realistically, let's just keep our dogs at home in the air conditioning because that's really where we should all be. And those of you who live in warmer climates, California, Arizona, Texas, some of the other places that get, you know, pretty much a a lot of heat throughout the year, um, you know, the best thing is, again, leave your dog in the air conditioning in a place where he's safe so that he doesn't wind up having stress on his body and, you know, not being able to take care of himself. I mean, after all, we love them, and we want them to live a long time. And even if you have a dog or a horse or a cat or a bunny who's under extreme stress, and it's only once or twice in his life, that still can cause them permanent damage, especially with an older or a health-compromised dog. So, well, we will talk about some more stuff in a few minutes, so please stay tuned, because we'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. 
As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purspraypet.com. That's P-U-R spraypet.com, purspraypet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, today we're talking about the heat. What's new? We've got heat in the southwest, the northeast, pretty much anywhere you can go. It's pretty hot here. Now, what do you do, though, with your dog when you have to travel? There's a whole lot of hoo-ha going on. Because people are trying to take dogs, uh, pets, into the airports and traveling with your pets, especially during the season. Now we're in a holiday again. And people are trying to take pets uh, into locations that they really shouldn't be. Now, I don't have a problem if you have either a service dog or a super well-behaved pet who is the kind of dog that can go into these places. I understand it, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, this was pretty funny. I was in uh, Newark Airport. We were flying out to Atlanta. I was with Wyatt, who's got more than a quarter of a million airline miles on him. He's got more frequent flyer miles than most humans do in a whole lifetime. And while we were there, there was a gentleman on our flight, and I believe he was trying to uh, let this dog, uh, well, come off as being a service dog. And what happened was... Uh, he let the dog off leash, and this little dog, and it was cute. It was so cute, a little Yorkie. It was just running all over the place. It ran up to Wyatt, who's in his vest. Wyatt's ignoring him. He's looking at me kind of like, Mommy, make it go away. But he has a very good friend who uh, recently passed away named Jilly Dog, who's a little Yorkie, and Wyatt loves little dogs. He loves dogs, but he loves little dogs, especially little Yorkies. And he was such a good boy, of course, he didn't pay attention to the dog, and he just, you know, did his job for me and did what he was supposed to do. But I, I think the man, I don't know, but it seemed like he was trying to kind of say that that was a service dog. And it's one thing to have a dog who is in a case or in a, you know, or is well-behaved like Wyatt where, you know, he doesn't move around, but... If you really have a dog you're trying to pawn off as a service dog, probably not a good idea to let it run around the airport on its own and chase it around. Uh, then we also had, uh, as we were walking by, there was another larger dog that was not on our flight that they had a, uh, 
well, you can tell with the fake vest. Um, there was a real vest on a fake service dog. But I believe that that, that one, uh, that that lady who had the dog genuinely probably had some emotional issues. So perhaps in her mind it is a service dog. Now, I'm not quite sure why, but for some reason people who, uh, not all, but many, many people that I have spoken with and communicated with who have dogs that they have trained themselves as service dogs, uh, many, many, if not most of them, are not at all well-behaved, and the people don't really uh, know how to, you know, kind of interact with the dogs and have those dogs be in a social setting because, listen, if you need your own service dog, I do think that somebody out there should help you. Um, We are willing to do that. We do have classes for anybody who, and this is through MerlinsKids.org, we do have classes there is a charge, but we do very often comp or subsidize it because we want people who do genuinely need to have a service dog but don't have any way of really training it other than spending, you know, five or $10,000 uh, with some local obedience trainer who also doesn't know but maybe knows better than you do. Um, but, again, there are certain criteria that you really need to have for any dog. Any dog in the world, whatever dog it is, if it's going to be outside and it's going to be interacting with people um, and it's going to be near people in an airport or in a restaurant, you really should try at least to get that dog's basic behavior under control so that people at least seeing your dog won't say, oh, gee, that was a service dog and, and it was so out of control, so all service dogs are out of control. That's kind of where my problem is with it. I don't mind if you need a dog or if it's an emotional support dog or whatever, but when your dog is representing my dogs and other people's dogs who do put lots and lots of time into it and make sure that it's the right dog and it's the right situation and that the dogs are behaving well, that's when I have a problem. I don't care even if somebody has a fake service dog and your little dog, if I don't know that your little dog is there and you just want to say it's a service dog to save the money that the airlines would have charged you, I don't even care. But when you're letting your dog run around the airport and it's very obviously not what you are saying it is, I've got a problem with that. So if anybody's listening or if you're a friend of a friend or if you know someone who says, you know, I really got to work on training my, uh, you know, my dog in a little better way uh, because my dog's not, I, I want it to be a service dog, but it's really not behaving that way. We do have classes all over the country uh, for service dog training, and we have people who have self-taught dogs or people who have a dog who we do evaluate the dogs, actually, to make sure that the dog is capable of doing that, but there should be some task that the dog does in order for you to need a service dog. There are plenty of people out there who have self-trained dogs that are, you know, pretty well behaved and and hopefully do the job that they were taught to do for the owner. But I find more times than not a lot of the self-trained dogs seem to be um, not, well, not taught well at all, not well behaved, And even there are so many agencies out there, just fakes, 
frauds that are out there that, you know, might have been around for a year or might have been around for six months or they're charging 40000 or 60000 or crazy numbers for dog training or for a service, quote-unquote, service dog. But also, remember, there are people out there who are obedience trainers or who are local trainers who, you know, they may be very good at teaching a dog to sit or lie down, but training a service dog is a very, very different thing. It requires making sure that you have the right dog to start out with firsthand. And secondly, the dog has to be able to perform minimum of two demonstrable tasks. So in other words, if you have a need for a service dog, let's say you have seizures. Well, if the dog prevents seizures by giving you deep pressure and then you also need to get medication and the dog is able to either direct a stranger uh, to getting the medication or for yourself to be able to get something to help you. Yes, that's a service dog. And for you, those people, please contact us at MerlinsKids.org. You can actually get MK, like Merlin's Kids, MK Service Dogs at Yahoo.com. And you can go on to our website, MerlinsKids.org. We will be very happy to help you and to be able to uh, get you to have that help that you need with the dog, and we'll put you into one of our classes. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a moment, so please stay tuned. We will be right back. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to find environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo, healthy. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, today we're talking about fake service dogs, real service dogs, and how we can help you guys who have a need for a well-trained service dog. We can help you to have that dog. Well, everything really starts with having a person who understands the power of what a dog can do. Now, yes, you can say, oh, I feel calmer. I I don't get as nervous when I'm flying. So having my dog with me makes me feel better. And I always kind of chuckle to myself. If I were really afraid that I were going to get into a plane accident or a car accident, the last thing I would do is bring my dog so that he could die with me in the car or the plane. So I don't quite get that because if I don't feel well and I'm driving or if I'm flying, I would probably either not go or I certainly wouldn't take the thing I love most in the world with me, my dog. 
so that, you know, he could die too if I really believed that. Then we get into fears and phobias, and that's where you have an emotional support dog. Now, obviously, everybody feels better when they have your dog with you. I mean, if you have uh, a pet and you're petting that pet or talking with that pet, communicating with it, yes, you feel better, and that can calm you. That would be an emotional support dog. So an emotional support dog, just by its very presence, because you have a relationship with it, it makes you calmer, it makes you feel better, it makes you calmer or or relaxed or whatever you want to say. But that's not a service dog, and those dogs are not allowed in restaurants. They are allowed on planes, uh, domestic planes. They are allowed, and in some places. But a service dog is a little different, actually. It's a lot different. A service dog is a dog who helps you to do things physically or even, um, you know, emotionally that you could not do at all without its help. So, for instance, a blood sugar dog, a hypoglycemia dog, a diabetic alert dog, that dog can make you able to go out to places, be around things, not to be hooked up to a monitor perhaps all the time, and for that reason... That dog is considered an adaptive or assistive device, same as a cane or a walker or a wheelchair. That's where dogs get their power from. People sometimes say, oh, I'm bringing my, you know, my, my wife's service dog. Well, you can't because it's not your service dog. You can't use your wife's walker or cane and say, oh, I need to use that walker or cane. So that's where the dogs become kind of an assistive device under ADA law. The dog is is the same thing as a wheelchair or as crutches or a cane or whatever other device that you might need, a communicator, a translator. So when you have a dog who is uh, trained as a service dog for someone, the dog is like an extension of that person. So, for instance, if you have someone who has very bad balance issues, vertigo, yes, the person could not be able to function and not be able to walk around and do all those things without perhaps a walker or a cane or maybe even a wheelchair. However, that dog who can sense when that person might fall or wobble, uh, like my dogs are wonderful at that, they can actually be there and, and kind of almost get under you before you even fall because they can feel that ability that that you have to kind of wobble or toddle and they can prevent you from falling. So that would be a good example of a balanced dog. People with like Bell's palsy or cerebral palsy or uh, muscular dystrophy or many other physical issues that can cause, um, you know, muscle relaxing or muscle tension. Um, Kids with some of the uh, osteo issues, um, brittle bone diseases and things, uh, a lot of times we can train the dog to pick things up for that child or to walk next to the child and to help that child to prevent him or her from falling. Well, that's a service dog level. Or, of course, when we're talking about seizures, a dog who can find the seizure and this way a person can go out and drive because it, the dog will give them an alert. Um, any time, a few seconds to, uh, like with Wyatt, up to 15, sometimes even 20 minutes before a seizure. 
Because, yes, dogs can do things that are just amazing, really magical. So when you have a service dog, uh, we all have seen, obviously, guiding eyes, seeing eye dogs, uh, where the people can't see. That's the kind of a thing where that person can't function, or a balanced dog, or a blood sugar dog, seizure dogs. All of these animals are specially trained by people who have been doing this for, well, some of them are newer, but, you know, most people like myself, I've been doing this for more than 30 years, actually since I was a teenager, an elder teenager, because that's how long I've been into it. So it's very frustrating when we see people who are trying to pawn a dog off as a service dog because it speaks very poorly about all service dogs. That's why every dog needs to, if it is going to be trained for a service dog, it needs to behave like a service dog. And you don't take a dog in and put patches and a fake vest on it and have a fake ID card, which, by the way, uh, if you have an ID card that you got from online, they are going to be passing some laws uh, that making that illegal, uh, it's actually fraud, so you better start watching out, but I don't think any of you guys are listening to this show. Um, so if you do have someone in your life who needs to have help from a service dog, let them know that we'll be starting up our Merlin's Kids classes. We're, we're still in our prior class, but we'll be doing new classes coming up. And if you do need help, we will help you. We'll figure it out. I also want to mention that we have our dog walk on September 13th, Bark on the Banks here in New Jersey, and you can do a virtual team, virtual walkers. We have prizes and games, and we have some really cool things. It's going to be, if you look on our Facebook page, Merlin's Kids, M-E-R-L-I-N apostrophe S, K-I-D-S. Our Merlin'sKids.org website also has it. And there's just really cool stuff. We're going to have doggy painting. We're going to have face painting for the kids, a DJ, some wonderful, wonderful people, some great animals. You'll be able to meet Wyatt and a bunch of our other service dogs. It's just going to be a blast. It's going to be basically a doggy party. So humans, you got to bring a dog if you want to come. Well, not really, but we want you to bring a dog. And you can have a virtual team if you happen to be affiliated with a rescue or a 501c3, you can raise the money, and we can uh, even give some of that as a donation back to your rescue, as long as you're a 501c3, a legally recognized um, charity, like we are at Merlin's Kids. You could be a firefighter or a police officer who wants to have, uh, you know, some help there for us with our cancer and disease detection dogs. That's what we were down in Atlanta doing. So it's going to be a really fun time. So grab a dog, grab your family, sign up, start a team, and see how much uh, money you can raise to help us with our programs. And, again, if you know someone who is in need of a service dog or a child who needs a service dog, please let us know, and we will do our best to help you to get you um, an application, which you can get on our website on MerlinsKids.org. And, uh, you know, there's just so much good out there. And try to help people instead of trying to pull one over. Try to help everybody so that together we can all save more dogs. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Be back in a moment. 
share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolfe. And Wyatt, who's right here by my side, along with Wispidi, Bonnie Dog, and Brandy, and uh, Fallon, and Lexi, and Kira Puppy, who was uh, just uh, a little over a year old and was just out on a wonderful service dog uh, tour with me, did a great job, first time out as an official service dog. It's just so exciting. It really is when you have a well-behaved dog. Just even a well-behaved dog that's not a service dog. It's a joy to have a well-behaved dog with you. We were out on Lake Ontario, and we were all over. That's why we had that. We did have a rerun because I was in the middle of Lake Ontario. There was no landline out there, and I wasn't in my studio. And the nicest thing is when people come up, especially with Kira, who's just a year old, and it's her first time out, and they say, Gosh, your dog is so well-behaved. How old is she? And you say, well, she's uh, 14 months. They're like, are you kidding? I have a four-year-old golden retriever that still hasn't calmed down. He would never be able to do this. And that, that was just really always very nice anyway, but especially when you have a young dog. And, and really, it's not that hard to do that. What you have to do is stop treating your dog like a little fur-covered human and, and treat him like he's a dog, and give him what he needs. Give her what she needs. See, I do sleep in bed with all my dogs, as many as I can jam into my Select Comfort California King bed. Um, I can jam for usually about seven or maybe sometimes eight, depending. And these are big dogs. They're other than my little Lexapro, who's on the floor in my office here in my studio, just wagging her little tiny tail as fast as she can. But they're, you know, they're big dogs. They're up to about 110 pounds each. And then in my farm uh, that I have out in the Midwest, we have uh, one of our Ridgebacks is 125 pounds. He's not my breeding. He's enormous, but, yes, he's a purebred Ridgeback, um, and he's a really sweet dog. But all of these dogs that are out of control that you see uh, in a daily, you know, kind of your daily way of going to the dog park or whatever, that's because people think that they're going to out-exercise a dog. Now, let's talk about exercise. Nobody likes exercise. People go jogging, and they blow their knees out, and they have heart attacks. And you're like, well, why were you running? Well, we're running because we need to have some kind of physical activity 
to keep us healthy, right? But the problem is, even if you have a little Yorkie or a Maltese or a little tiny, you know, little Chihuahua, you're never, as a human, going to out-exercise that dog. And what happens is, it's like an Olympic athlete. You start working out, and you take your dog with you running, and you run, and you run for six months, and you're up to a half marathon. So now here you are, you know, doing a 13-mile jaunt every day or six days a week. And now that was because you were, you know, you had been fired from your job, so you got in this great shape, and you got your dog in great shape, and now you get a new job. Or you go back after the summer. And you are, not only are you the Olympic athlete, but you have created an Olympic athlete dog. So now you have a dog who, instead of needing a mile or two to get a little bit tuckered out, he needs to have, oh, maybe 13 miles a day, but you're not running 13 miles a day. And oops, you broke your foot, so you're not running at all. And now you have a problem because this dog who was relying on that exercise in order to be out there and to be, quote-unquote, behaving, which really just means he was so tired he couldn't do anything bad, now, all of a sudden, it's against you. And now your dog develops maybe separation anxiety. He's howling. He's barking. He's running around. He's being destructive. He's chewing on things. Well, those things all do happen when you're counting on tiring a dog out in order to, for the dog to be well-behaved. Well-behaved is well-behaved. Tired is tired. If you have a well-behaved child, whether he's amped up or he's calm, he's going to behave as he should because he's well-behaved. So think about like this for a moment. Think like a dog. If you have a dog who, or a child who is well-trained and the dog can sit and he can lie down, and you teach him or you train him to do all these kinds of cool tricks. Well, when you're not there to throw the cookie at him or to click or whatever else you do, or you're not there to, you know, hit the zapper on the shot collar or throw something at him, which is horrible, and believe it or not, people do that unbelievably. But if you actually have a dog who's well-trained and you're not there to tell him, oh, honey, stop barking, you're going to get us kicked out of our townhome or our condo because the board is listening to you barking while mommy and daddy are at work. Well, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense for you to be thinking that, you know, a well-trained dog is a well-behaved dog. It's very different. A well-trained dog is fun. You can do tricks and, you know, have them sit or lie down or you know, do a, a jig, whatever you want to do. But behavior is behavior. And when you have a dog who's well-behaved, they're behaved all the time. So whether mommy's home or daddy's home or we're in a hotel or a restaurant, the dog, a well-behaved dog that's had natural canine behavior rehabilitation and CBR training for the humans, those dogs are always well-behaved because it's a part of them. It's not a trick that they're doing. It's not that they're being trained or promised a cookie or some kind of a reward for doing something. They just learn that that's how we live. That's how we behave because that's just the way it is. So 
If you stay tuned for just another moment, we're going to be back and teach you some really cool stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial. No sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat-treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to service dog with Janice Wolf. I want to call this show from shelter dog to wispa dee bunny dog with Wyatt and wispa wolf. I love my dogs. They are just really the best. And, and I, that's what everybody wants to do, just have a well-behaved dog. We're going to talk a little bit now uh, because we do have a question from one of our listeners who I got to meet in Georgia who was so excited and couldn't believe that you know, that she was going to meet me and talk about dogs, and she got to see some pretty cool stuff, actually, in Atlanta. I uh, got to see some cancer detection and disease detection with Wyatt, and Wyatt actually found a few people who, uh, actually found a lot of people. He cleared a few, and, and actually there were a few people who didn't know they had problems who hopefully will be going to doctors and checking that out to make sure that they are okay. Uh, but here's the, the thing. A well-trained dog is fun. A well-behaved dog is a necessity. I have lots of dogs, and it's funny because I don't think anybody ever knows how many dogs I have, and it's not important because all of my dogs are so well-behaved. They're not barking. I mean, I've got seven or eight of them right here right now. Nobody's barking. Nobody's having a fit. Nobody's pushing anybody else off a couch or a bed or a chair when people come over to my house, the dogs are always very uh, happy and, and, and very comfortable with whoever I bring into my home. They're just great dogs. So when we go out to different places, for instance, a restaurant with one of my dogs who is my service dog and can keep me safe, I love when people get up after a while and, or I get up and, and people, oh, my God, I didn't know there was a dog under there. Or what we always have happen on airplanes, because nobody ever sees Wyatt get onto a plane or Wispa or 
uh, or um, Savannah get onto the plane. But then when they leave and I get up normally one of the first people because I'm near the front, people say, oh, my God, where was the dog? I say, well, ma'am, you walked right by her. No, no, I didn't see a dog here. Yeah, you, well, because you weren't looking down. There was a dog sleeping right there. As a matter of fact, you stepped on his white foot when you were coming in. Oh, no, I didn't see it. That's when you start realizing that your dogs are really the best-behaved dogs because nobody even knows there. Can you imagine being on a plane with, like, 100 people or 80 people and nobody except the person next to you even knows there's a dog? That's well-behaved. And there shouldn't be a lot of work to a well-behaved dog. One of the main things that I think people kind of don't think about and perhaps kind of shoot themselves in the foot with is they're too fussy. Don't fuss with your dog. Uh, you know, I've learned so much through my 40-some-odd uh, years, I don't even want to admit it, since I was a little kid and I was riding horses. When I was riding horses um, as a kid, I remember people, and, and I had a great trainer, a uh, horse trainer named Susan, and I remember her always saying, stop fussing, don't fuss. If the horse is doing pretty much what you want and not creating problems for you, then stop fussing. And that really makes sense. Why do we fuss around with our dog? Oh, he's got to be an inch forward, an inch back. He's got to be a little bit over, a little bit... Why? If the dog is well-behaved, like if your child is behaving on a rainy day and you think to yourself, oh, my kid just laughed kind of loudly... Johnny, knock it off. Well, wait a minute. Think about it. you got a seven-year-old child who's sitting there and is calm and quiet, and only then did you realize that he was even there. Why would you correct Johnny and get him upset and get yourself upset that here Johnny wasn't quiet, perfectly quiet? You forgot Johnny was even there. And it was only because he laughed or said something loudly in that moment that you even realized that he was there. Same thing with your dog. If your dog is well-behaved and one little thing, let's say he barks at one person, don't bring hell upon him. Don't bring the wrath of hell. He's not. He's a dog. So when your dog is, re, is really just not doing anything wrong, that's when you can reinforce that. So if you want your dog to sit and your dog isn't sitting and you're trying to give him a cookie and he's excited and he's not sitting and you're throwing a cookie at him, and telling him to sit, and you're pushing down his butt, and you keep pushing and pushing. Now you're getting mad. I said sit, darn it. Sit down now. Wait a minute. What did the dog do wrong? Maybe he didn't feel like sitting. So why did he have to sit? But think about this. Now change the scenario, and you're at home. You're trying to teach your dog to just kind of chill. Your dog comes over. You don't do anything. He sits down on his own because he's just waiting for you to do whatever you're doing. Well, when he sits, just pet him. Let him know, hey, baby, that's what I wanted. You're not exactly rewarding him, but you're just reinforcing the behavior you want. So thinking like a dog for a moment, okay, think like a dog. If every time you came home early from work, your wife or your husband gave you a nice massage and a beautiful dinner, and told you how much they loved you. 
wouldn't you try to come home a little earlier just because? Just because you got such nice treatment. You would try to figure out what it was that your husband or wife was liking about that. Well, you know, honey, when you come home early, I love it because I was worried about you all day. Okay, so now you get it. So when your dog is not doing something bad, don't get him amped up and get him to do something bad. Oh, let me throw the ball for him. Damn it, stop jumping on me. Wait, your dog was lying there, and this is what our question is today. Uh, how? <laughs> this is funny. We're going to get husbands in trouble. My dog is very well-mannered at home. However, when my husband comes through the door, it's a Donnybrook. My dog constantly reacts to my husband, and it's almost to the point where he knows what's happening before my husband even walks in the door. Okay, how can, how can you help me? Okay, well, again, when husband comes through the door, maybe you need to go over to your husband, give him a hug, tell him, honey, I love you so much, come with me, and get him to ignore that dog. And I know it sounds funny because if you tell your husband, ignore the dog, he's going to first thing look at the dog and say, why, what's wrong with him? Honey, there's nothing wrong with him. I need you to not do this to our dog because when other people come in through the front door, our dog thinks it's okay for him to be jumping on the other people too, and he's going to knock someone down. So just stop getting excited. When you get into your house, pretend you've got to just go put your briefcase down you got to go to the men's room. Whatever you've got to do, pretend you've got something to do. And the goal is going to be for you to come into your home and ignore the dog for it might be a few seconds, it might be a minute or two, until the dog is calm. You don't have to even do anything. Just walk through your house, and when the dog is calm, and maybe the dog on his own sits or lies down or kind of comes up calmly, that's when you can let husband pet the dog and tell him what a good boy he is, but not at the front door. Because that's the number one thing that people do at the front door. And this lady who was there in Atlanta, who I met and was a lovely, lovely lady, they have a large golden. It's probably about 90 pounds, she said. I did not get to meet the dog. It was at her home. But she said that her husband gets the dog so amped up And it's very frustrating because then he gets mad at the dog. So he basically takes a dog who was laying around calmly with the wife. He gets the dog all amped up at the front door, and then the dog is jumping up, grabbing his sleeve, pulling on his pant leg, bumping into him, jumping all over him, licking him when he's got his good clothing, his suit on. So stop setting your dog up for failure. Try to set your dog up for success, not for failure. Teach your dog that when people come in the front door, you don't have to act like an idiot. Just ignore the dog. Literally, you don't even have to do anything. Just come into your door like you don't even have a dog. Then the dog starts following you around to smell you because they've got to smell you to see where you were. Once that dog can start smelling you, then he can start calming down. And if you don't get him amped up, And when you do see him either calm down, he's either standing or sitting or lying down, but he's calm, just go over to him and start petting him and give him a hug. That's what he's going to start understanding. 
ah, if I'm just calm, I don't even have to do anything. If I'm calm, Mommy and Daddy come over and give me a back rub. I like this. This is so easy being a dog versus you getting your dog all amped up and crazy, and then the dog starts doing things that you don't like. This is how we deal with things behaviorally with United Canine Professionals and Merlin's Kids, where we try to teach you how to think like a dog. If you have a dog that you'd like to turn into a service dog or a dog who's not so well-behaved that you need to be well-behaved, contact us at 855-4-K9-PROS or 855-HIGH-WYATT, either of those numbers, and ask for either Janice Wolf or ask for uh, somebody to help you. Or you can go on to the website, United, the letter K, the number 9, professionals.com, and you will actually find um, a form that you can fill out, and we will help you. There's even an 800 number for, for the 855-4K9-PROS that will help you for free with your dog by phone. And if you need one of our uh, natural canine behavior rehabilitation specialists around the country or around the world, we'll set you up with one of them. But stop setting your dog up for failure and tell your husband to come in the door like just put his stuff down and go change his clothes and come back down and then greet the dog. It'll make a big difference. Well, thank you, Sharon, for your question. Thank you all for being here today. And we are so appreciative to you for making this show uh, just fun, 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 and for helping us to save the world two lives at a time. Have a wonderful week, and have a great holiday season. Take care. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. 